Hey everybody, welcome to episode 126 of For the Love of Guns. This is the podcast about the people, the products, and the priorities of the firearms culture. It's my pleasure to welcome back Dustin Sanchez from Real Avid. Now today we're going to talk about Real Avid products and I really love their products. But really cool things are going to happen during this podcast. We're going to talk about how some of these products came to be. You're not going to want to miss that. But look, I need your help right now. I really love my sponsors. I really love them because they help me bring you content every week. And the help I need is for you to support them. This podcast is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Look, Falco can make a holster for any gun, every budget, without sacrificing quality. And what's really cool about them is they're doing it old school. They're making them by hand. Definitely go check out Falco Holsters. I have a link down below. And if you use the checkout code Banshee, it'll save you 10%. Now, this podcast is also brought to you by Ammo Squared. Look, we're gun people. We need ammo. But really, ammo can be an asset as well as consumable. So they're doing things a little bit different. they got a great online platform for buying your ammo. And you can store it at their warehouse where it's insured and climate controlled. So that way, you don't have all your eggs in one basket. And what's really cool is when you want it, you just tell them, hey, look, ship me my, my ammo. They'll send it to you. Go check out Ammo Squared. I have a link down below. Now the bill's paid, let's talk to Dustin. Dustin, tell me about your love of guns. Hey, guys. I'm Dustin Sanchez. I am the marketing and product manager here at Real Avid. Um, we make tools. I uh, used to build professionally for JP Rifles. I do a lot of shooting. Uh, I turned wrenches for years. So kind of sitting in this area, in this space of Real Avid, making tools kind of feels like this is what I was born to do is uh, work with teams to build tools and then talk about tools to everybody out there. And on the flip side, I'm in the non-sexy part of the industry. <laughs> Nobody likes to talk about cleaning, but I am in that part that you definitely need me. So. Well, let's just put it this way. You're you're also into the dirtiest job of the industry, right? The cleaning yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we're not the, it's like, it's not the non-sexy part, right? Like, you know, people yeah. are like, oh, I got this beautiful AR, blah, 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 blah. And it does this and does that. And then I'm over here like, yeah. So when that AR gets dirty, yeah, I have everything you. you need to clean it. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I like to say that like of all the people I know in the industry, you're the person that has built more ARs than anybody else I've known. Just, I mean, you were just doing that day after day after day over at JP, which is, I mean, yeah. which is really cool because it, you know, that leads right into what you're doing now with the tools. Um, it does. Yeah. yeah. You, you talk to other people in the industry and, you know, not to, not to knock them in their experience, but it's like, Oh yeah, I got a screwdriver. I'm like, okay, what, what does it do different? And then, and then they're, they're like reading the marketing stuff. You're like, okay, this is what, this is why this thing was designed this way. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. This was a problem. This is how we solved it. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're working on something new uh, right now for 2025, not 2024, but 2025. And I didn't have enough experience with it. So I went and bought that firearm uh, and started shooting it and tearing it apart and putting it back together and shooting it and tearing it apart and putting it back together. And, you know, just continuously repeating that 
so that I could be more familiar with that actual firearm. So that way, when we're working on a product for that firearm, I could actually start to speak that language, understand what's going on with it, what it needs, some areas that we could improve. Um, and I was able to do that when I first came into Real Avid because I had built for three years for JP Rifles. And you see, that's the cool thing about it is, you know, until you really know a firearm, like until you really tear one down, put it back together, you really don't understand your gun, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's where a lot of my content is, is now because of certain rules and stuff on uh, on the tube, I have to be careful about what I say. But that's where yeah. my deep cleaning videos come into play is because these are guns that I've known. I mean, some of these guns, I, they're literally guns from my childhood that I've had for 40 years. I've yeah. torn these down, put them back together. I have that knowledge, you know, when I was in FFL, I was working on people's guns. So when it comes down to it, you know, when I see tools that, that you know, to do my job, I'm looking for, you know, a function, right? Mm -hmm. It's it, 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 number one, it does what it needs to do. And number two, it does it well. And that's one of the things I love about Real Avid is, I mean, you guys, when you guys come out with a tool, it's well thought out. It's, I mean, even down to the packaging, um, you know, yeah. if we think about, I mean, I'm just thinking about the AccuPunch set that I have, just the whole idea that like, hey, we don't work on a flat surface. Yeah. You know, I can see all my punches and they're, they're, they're easy for me to grab. I mean, you guys work on the whole function, you know, the, you work on form and function at the same time. Yeah. You know, I've said this before, and I've said this before on your podcast is, is that, or your show here is that um, part of the reason Real Avid is so successful is because our product development team, they are truly like car guys, right? They love working on their cars. They love messing with that. And then some of them enjoy remodeling houses. So they look at things from a completely different side of aspect, right? Like a lot of times you see gun people are stuck inside of the box. Like we're in this yeah. gun box, right? These guys live on the outside of it. They like to shoot, they do that stuff, but it's not their world. So then we bring those guys in and then we bring myself in and some other gun guys in and we meet in the middle and we're able to like, they'll think about, hey, like let's, let's put this here, but let's have it where the punches pop open. Oh my God, that's a fantastic idea. I love it. That, that's the greatest thing ever, right? And then we'll take that. And the next time we're working on another package, I'm like, well, why don't we do that same theory that we did here? Why don't we apply it there, right? And now we're, we're just mixing two different worlds together to try to bring you, the end user, the best product possible, whether it's from how it, how it displays on your bench and you can work with it and you, utilize it to um the retail store where hey we need to bring the product in we need to turn numbers we need it to sell and that's where another aspect of comes in of like the marketing material how we package everything what it looks like trying to tell the complete story so that way the person that owns the store and all the employees there they don't have to worry about trying to sell our product our product will sell itself by brand and by just the engineering that goes into all of our tools and I love that. And then like this year, I'm, I'm looking on the bench here 
um, you came out with new smart draws for the vice. I mean, let's face it, when you guys launched that vice, you kind of set the market on fire with that vice. I mean, yes. even I was really skeptical because I'm, I'm looking at this vice. I'm like, okay, it's it's kind of cute. It's kind of cool looking. And then um, at shot, I got a chance to play with one. Yep. Like, you know, actually play with it. Because I was worried about, you know, we have a ball, a ball joint's not a very stable joint. It's like, Correct. how is this thing really going to lock this vice into place? And it was range day. That it was when I got to play with it for the first mm -hmm. time. I mean, I was supposed to be out there squeezing triggers, but I saw, I'm like, all right, you guys had a boot. I got to stop by. I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm skeptical. And the guy's like, go at it. Right. And I'm like, I locked that ball and I'm like yanking on. I'm like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Until you, until you do that, it, it's, it's like, I just didn't get it. But then now with the new jaws coming out, uh, this kind of changed things. So the original gun pitch all, it, it was great. I, I like it. It has very specific purposes that I still use it for. Yeah. Especially when I'm working on pistols that I don't have like a vice, you know, a vice block that goes up into the uh, the handle. This yeah. forms really nice around grips of pistols and holds it so you can work on a pistol. But then, you know, like this one, uh, this is my new, you know, the, the multi-fit is my new mm -hmm. go-to. This thing's always on my vice now. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was, it, it was just like, this is, this is great. Um, you know, you, you, there's a lot of problems that this, there's a lot of problems this thing just didn't solve. It works great. Mm -hmm. But then you yeah, came out I, with this. And it solved all those other problems. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we we dropped the vice, we needed to have, you know, a pair of sleeves that could go on there. Because so, really, when you buy, you know, the real lab advice, um, it, it comes with the gun fit jaws, right? So you've got a, a rigid nylon on one side with some grooves in there, and then you got a foam texture on the other side. Um, but when you remove those, you because they're reversible, so we can actually take them off. And on the inside, you know, you're going to have your actual cast aluminum jaw with a steel insert. So it, it provides you roughly with three sets of jaws when you buy uh, when when you buy the vice. But even then, like if we look at any benchtop vice that's out there, there's a hundred different jaws that I could buy that are magnetic and, and pop on. Yep. Um, yeah, and, I, and, and I have those. I have those because. I used to work off an old little four inch vice that's up there. Yeah. That, I mean, I went out there, you had to go out to Amazon and just, you know, get these magnetic things. And even then they didn't, they didn't work really that good because there's not a lot of surface area. Yeah. Yeah. So what we did was like, all right, well, let's research what, what the actual industry needs. Right. And, and I knew what I like to work on when I'm working on, you know, my bolt guns, I'm working on my ARs or my pistols. Like I, I had my thing that I wanted. But then let's let's take a step out and be like, all right, there's a lot of people that are starting to use our vice for hobbyists, right? Like they're they're wanting to use it for a number of things. So let's research what are the most popular types of jaws out there, right? So one one good thing about Amazon, though there's a lot of great things about Amazon if you live in the cities like I do, because I can get stuff the same day. But same day, yeah. Yeah, but but it's the research that we can actually pull off of Amazon, right? Uh, there's a couple of programs. So we we just spent you know, we did a deep dive into Amazon on all the jaws and what's going on. And then we did a deep dive outside of that, researching a bunch of jaws to start to come up with what is it that the market truly needs that they cannot use on our vice right now. 
And that's really kind of the multi-fit jaws is where we came in with that, right? So we've got a bunch of different grooves. I think there's eight different ones. Um, they're all textured differently or different, not textured. They're all different sizes, contours, right? So um, depending on what, if, if you wanted to work on it, hold a barrel and do some barrel work, these jaws will work for that because they're a, they're a rubber. So they're going to have a nice grip to them. But if you're just tinkering around at home and you want to do some stuff where you're playing around with some little tubing or whatever it is, you know, this side right here of the multi-fit sleeves is going to cover you. But then yeah. you can flip it over and you're going to have a nice rubber textured surface for anything that's flat that's going to work as well. And these jaws have actually become my go-to jaws. They live on my vise yeah. at home because they cover 90% of the stuff that I actually want to work on. Right. If, yeah. if I'm going to work on a bolt gun, I can throw them in here. If I'm going to work on my AR, I can still throw them in here because the, the, the rubber doesn't bend or mar anything, and it'll hold whatever I need it to hold. Right. So they have become my go-to um, from that. And then we dropped after that, we, we started dropping other jaws that are more job-specific depending on what you're wanting to do. And the one thing is, um, like, you talked about removing barrels. I yeah. Yeah, I have a I have a, a Winchester 94 that went through a house fire. That uh, they, these are videos that are coming out now that had a an octagon barrel. And when I got when I got one of these, you know, I'm sitting there going, you know, my regular vice is not going to work because it's designed for round barrels. For it's it's designed to do bolt guns, right? Mm -hmm. So I looked at this thing going, well, these are kind of octagon. I threw that thing on. Now this is a this is a gun that went through a house fire and I don't know how many years it's been out in the air without being cleaned. And I mean, the gun's destroyed. It really is. It's becoming, yeah. you know, a, a, a show gun at that point. So I'm like, all right, what, what the hell? Let's, let's throw it in there. I threw this thing in there and I was so surprised that I got the receiver off. And it, it, it's not like, you know, I had a strain or anything. It, this thing held the barrel. And I'm well, like, that's what cool felt. For the viewers who think you're just trying to sell this to him right now, you're, he's actually telling the truth. Like you sent me an extremely long email uh, <laughs> talking about that, right? And when I say long email to me is, is longer than like two sentences because I, I kind of doze off after that. But yeah, look at that. That's that's the barrel. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, this is the barrel that came off of it. And a matter of fact, there was two of these that pulled because um, I got the other barrel sitting there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we I've been rebarreling a couple of different bolt guns around the, you know, some of the guys got different bolt guns and stuff. They're getting close shooting the barrels out or they want to get it Cerakoted or something like that. We've been using those. Um, however, the other jaws that I really like to use if I need to do anything really and grip the barrels, it's actually my uh, my tube fit sleeves. Um, so one side is going to be a rubber overmold. Um, and so you got three grooves on one side and then two on the other side. So they inter interlock with each other. And then on the other side, for the guys that are wanting to tinker at home and just mess around with household items, we did a serrated steel insert into the sleeves. So if you've got cast iron, PVC pipe, anything like that, where you don't really care if you mar it, this side right here is going to, to grip it extremely well. Yeah, I honestly, I thought... Um pulling these barrels, I was probably going to have to go with something like this because, I mean, we're talking about guns that are destroyed, so it's not like I'm going to, it's not like I'm working on a fine firearm at that point. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is when I got, when I got the tube fit, I was looking at it, I was like, okay, suppressors, 
Yeah, it'd be great for working on a suppressor. Mm-hmm. And then um, bar- definitely barrels. But I was thinking with two bit is mostly like bull barrels where you have like the bigger profiles. Yeah. That just don't fit into a groove that well. And that's why I love that is, I mean, that's going to, that's going to work really well on a barrel. And the rubber that you guys use sticks. I mean. Yeah. yeah. So that, that rubber, the rubber that we use is proprietary. That's why we've never ever on any packaging or any marketing material, we've never actually called out what it is because it is a very, it's a, a blend that we created here in Minnesota. Um, we did about two years worth of testing on it before we said, all right, hey, we like this. We're going to use this on our materials moving forward. And then you start, we started adding that to all of our different products that are coming out. And it, it worked. It's really good stuff. So, all right. So you worked on the rubber for two years. What, yeah, roughly the PD. This. The PD team did, yeah. They spent a yeah. long time playing around with it, yeah. So how long does it take? I mean, this is a very simple product. Well, how so... How long does it take to... Well, so the deal is, is like, by the time we got to these sleeves, this this rubber had already been created. Right. We've used it on products in the prior in the past couple of years, um, but in order to get there, they started messing around with the material. They put it on a product. It went out there, and they liked what it could do, but it needed to be changed. So they, the next product that came out, they modified that chemical. You know, the ingredients for that chemical to create this. And then it slowly, after like seeing how it would react to chemicals, how it would react to just natural environments, you know, how it would be a non, you know, like nonstick or like marring, like do we want it to move? Do we not want it to move? How is it going to react? After all of this time of just keeping a product and cutting it in half and testing it and doing all this different stuff, it's truly when they've mastered that after a couple of years, which is roughly about two years to say, this is the material we're going to use moving forward until we find something even better than that. So uh, you'll see in the past two years, maybe actually maybe the past three years, a lot of the rubber that we're using is a proprietary rubber that we created. Yeah, it's like on the, because this is also on the bench blocks too, right? It is, and so it it, it modified from the bench block to this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, the other thing I was amazed, because, you know, I'm I'm working on an old gun that, you know, like I said, it's dirty, it went through a fire and stuff. This thing looked nasty as hell when I was done. Mm -hmm. I was so surprised it cleaned up as well as it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, it was really, I took some simple green and a paper towel and cleaned it up it was just it just cleaned right up yeah yep. yeah so it cleans up be, really nice so i mean th- that's what's nice about it is not only does it do a job when you get it dirty you can clean it up so you don't screw up the next gun coming into your vice yeah 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 um, so so we've talked about multi-fit of course it comes with the gun fit we've talked about tube fit we have another one uh that came out that people were a little bit uh they've been asking for but we never actually dropped it out there and that was our leather fit. Yeah. Now, the interesting story behind the leather fit is I went down to Illinois uh, to, uh, oh, I can't remember the competition. It's three weeks long of skeet shooting. Um, it, it, it's the world's largest competition for like skeet shooting and trap shooting in the world. There's three weeks worth of it, but they're like, they actually have buildings that companies own 
And so it's like a strip mall running down two miles worth of trap shooting and skeet shooting. Um, wow. And so I went there, I hung out in the Fioki store for a week and they have a world renowned um, gunsmith for like shotguns. He is the shotgun man. Um, when it comes to building a shotgun or redoing your shotgun, he is the guru. Like this is, yeah. this is the guy you want to spend time with. And so I, I, I took a vice to Fioki. We set it up in their gunsmithing bench right there. Um, and he, he loved playing with it. He loved the gun fit, you know, the, the foam of the gun fit. Uh, but then I came in one day and he had actually taken some leather and screwed it down here on one side, screwed it down on the other side, and it formed a U and he was dropping it in there. And he's like, you know, son, you need to put some leather on these. It will work a lot better. And I asked him why. He's like, well, when I'm pressing down, you know, when I'm tightening down on there, the foam does this, it does that. And, you know, honestly, the leather with the woodwork, it's, it's just going to, for all of the delicate wood, it's going to be the best thing for me. Um, and, you know, when he's working on shotguns, there was a shotgun he had in there. It was like $35,000 shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, he, but it, it, not, it's a different game. Yeah, he's not working on, like, some import $500 maximum. You know, yeah, right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, I mean, these guys, are, they got some money. I mean, there were people from all over the world here, right? Um, and so, you know, came back, talked to the PD team, um, and then we went into testing on leather and what type of leather we wanted to use, which in my head, I'm like, leather's leather, guys. It's not. It's above my pay grade with what PD does, I'll just be honest, or above my intelligence, too. Um, but we came out with the leather because we had guys – that wanted a nice leather when they're working on their firearms. Um, and so that's where the uh, leather fit uh, sleeves came out or the soft fit leather sleeves came out. Um, so you still got the rigid nylon on the one side that you had on the gun fit. So if you enjoyed that, that option's there. And then you got a nice genuine leather on the other side. See, it, what's so funny is when, when I got the, the, the um, soft fit, the first thing that went through my mind, it's so funny because this is the first time I heard about the story of you guys coming up with coming up with the idea. But first thing that went through my mind was my Browning Auto Five. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's a literally the first twelve gauge I ever shot. I mean, it was my father's shotgun. I don't want to screw it up. It's in great shape. Yeah. Yep. Uh, instantly, that's where I went with this. Was shotgun. Yeah. It's so weird that it came from um, your time yeah. in Fioki's, you know, Fioki's, uh yeah. Shop there. Well, the funny thing is when we were doing all the research, we saw guys that are doing woodworking were looking for leather, but it's like woodworking is such a niche, a yeah. niche thing, especially for Real Avid when we look at it. When Real Avid looks at outside of the gun world, woodworking is a niche thing for us to look at, right? Like how many yeah. people are going to buy the vice to do woodworking? But then you add in now you got gunsmiths who are working on shotguns or really nice and older Remingtons or anything like bolt guns like that. With now it opens up that, okay, we really need to do that. And then when I went and spent time in the Fioki store, and it's a store, not a booth. It's a legit store with heating and AC and refrigerator. I, it was, it's really cool. But either way, when I came back from there and that's what was there, it was that decision made was, all right, hey, let's add that to the lineup that we already got coming out. That's so cool. I, I mean, it, it's it's so funny you think about where inspiration for products comes from. 
yeah. I mean, that never in a million years would you guys have thought of that unless you had spent time in that, you know, with that. Yeah, it, that's why I tell people it, it's very important, whatever industry you work in and whatever your, 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 your job is, right? Like if you guys are making stuff or, um, I don't know, let's say computer guys or camera guys, whatever it is, you have to go out and spend time with the people that use your stuff day in and day out to truly understand what your product needs and is going through. And that's the only way you're ever going to be able to grow. Well, it's funny because it's, uh, you know, you're talking about the, the guys there, they're, they work on their cars, they do all this stuff. I mean, how many times do you go to work on a car and you go, if the engineers had designed, the, designed this car, had to work on this car, they would have designed it differently. You guys yeah. are, you guys are closing that loop right there yeah. with your product. We're doing, we're, we're doing our very best to do that. And, and there is a, a story. So I, when, when I graduated from college, I went to Universal Technical Institute uh, to be, a, you know, to be a, a grease monkey, a mechanic, a technician, whatever you want to call. And when I graduated, um, Caterpillar hired me on right away. Um, I literally graduated on a Friday and was at Caterpillar Monday morning uh, working on cats. And the cool thing that I learned there is that they send engineers for two weeks, they send them out into the field to work with the technicians and to see what the technician deals with day in and day out. So though when they're, the engineer is putting something together and, oh, hey, if we streamline the process here, we can get more of these out off the assembly line that when you do that and then you get out in the field, it could take me 12 hours to change a O-ring on a skid yeah. stick, okay? So now they're losing money because they're having to pay that warranty time on an O-ring yep. to be chased, chased, right? So they were doing that. Well, one of our product development guys who actually is the guy who's designed all of these but the gun fit sleeves, he designed all of these and he designed our smart assist. Um, he was a Caterpillar engineer. So for him, he understands that he needs to take a look. He needs to step away from his job. He needs to go get out in the field, get his hands dirty. He needs to talk to people who do that so he can truly understand how to take everyday situations that you as a gunsmith runs into or myself as somebody that just likes to build stuff and go shoot stuff and break it. He's like, all right, I got to get in their mind so I can make sure this product lives up to its potential. I'm giving PD department way too much credit, by the way. I'm going to have to change that. Yeah, definitely. Now, you brought up Smart Assist. Uh, I got a chance to play with Smart Assist at, at the booth at SHOT. Yeah. That was honestly one of the coolest things that I've seen you guys come out with in a while because this is – and it, this just hit the market. It did. Um, uh, well, this week. Yeah, this week. And this is the coolest thing is when I was playing with it because, let's face it, no matter what we're working on, we never have enough hands. Correct. And this thing you've got, in, and I love that you have the magnifying glass because, you know, I wear glasses. When I wear, you know, like my gunsmith visor, I hate it because it doesn't really fit my head and then over my glasses right. Yeah. So I love that, you know, you have a, a magnifying glass that can, you can just kind of position right where you need it and then work. You got mm -hmm. a light. And then what I love is right there is that that's the cell phone holder. Yeah, I knew and you would love this one. And, and it's kind of funny because, you know, I since I do videos on how to, you know, deep clean your firearm, so that way you can just mount your cell phone right in there, put one of my, yeah. you know, one of my YouTube videos up. And there you go. Good. Yeah. 
yeah, all of this had come up there. So get this in a good spot. There we go. Get this one up. There we go. So yeah, I mean, you could sit here and watch your YouTube or when you go live, I think you go live every Thursday or something like that, right? We could, we could sit here and work on our guns and watch you. Yeah, it, and it's funny as I'm, I was trying to bring you up full screen so everyone can see, but Jason is um, apparently technically challenged today. <laughs> um, so right there, because you have that on the vice right now. Yeah, and so we, way you can work on everything. Yeah, so the way we did this was uh, when we created this, we were like, man, it'd be really cool if we could get this onto the vice, but none of the quick connect uh, or smart uh, smart clips were actually designed for the vice or built into the vice. So we came out with a, a nice nylon insert that will actually, you can pull the jaw off, this slides right in, and then now you can actually add these accessories into the side of your, your vice here. So we can spin this around and see it. All right, but yeah, so you can actually add this on there. Or if you're a guy that doesn't have the vice, but you like the smart assist accessory system, um, you can actually take this sleeve and we did add some screw down inserts so you can screw it down to your bench, uh, your cool. bench top. Yep, you can screw it down or you can actually flush fit it kind of on the side of it sideways here and you can run this complete system. Um, now, when we came out with this, we noticed a lot of people like yourself were like, man, I'd love to have this here. I'd love to have that there. So uh, we will be growing the Smart Assist accessory system line um, over the years. So th at first we built this to be something just we use on the vice. It is now turned into where we want it to be a standalone system that integrates into our vice. It integrates into our master gun workstation. Um, so we will be making more mounts that we can be utilized with this. So you can buy this three pack and then actually use it um, anywhere within your house, your shop, you want to take it on the road, it'd be in the automotive, you want to have it at a deer stand, whatever you're going to need, we're going to grow it where it's a standalone system that integrates with a bunch of other real-life products. See, that's cool, because I, I love that, because when I look at, I hate single-use tools. I mean, there, there are some things that just have to be single-use, but yeah. then, like, a smart assist like that, when you have it on, you know, because when I saw it, it was actually on the gun workstation. Um, at shot mm -hmm. and I'm like that's cool then you're like but wait there's more and you and you start talking about it going on to the vice and I'm like oh that's cool yeah and then yeah. I love that you can you can mount it onto you know onto your bench it, it I, I love that idea yeah and, and a lot of people may be like well how long does it take to actually go from my bench to the vice so we unscrew this we slide it off and you're, you're good to go. We also put the foam on the top of it. So if you ever loosen your vice a little bit and you don't catch your firearm, it'll hit the foam and it won't hit the nylon or anything like that. See, and that's the thing is with, with that vice, you do have that little insert with the foam on it just yep. to protect the firearm. You move that yeah. forward onto the smart assist as well. Yep, exactly. That's just so cool. I, I love, <laughs> you see, that, that's why I love, uh, that's why I love the, the thought process that you guys put into the tools is it's yeah. just like, hey, this, this is a problem. We're going to solve it. We're going to move it on. Yeah, and I love 
I until you just said it, I had no idea that you guys were looking at doing it. I, I didn't even know you could mount it onto a vice or onto your bench. Until yeah, you just said that's yeah. So if you go and watch some of the videos that are going to be coming out, and and uh, there's a on our YouTube channel, Real Avid dot com or real avid whatever it is I, I don't even know the youtube channel let's just go to real avid subscribe yeah we'll have all the we'll have all the links down in the description whether Perfect. you're watching this on on video or you're listening to audio down below is all the links that we'll, yeah we'll have for you but yeah but, but we have that there right uh so we'll, we'll have a, a video and i think right now we have three videos on the smart assist one is the introductory and the overview of the smart assist then we have some more technical stuff on the smart assist uh you know we just dropped a reel on instagram that really showed like just quick fast in your face what the smart assist is and everybody's blowing up over it because they they had seen it but nobody had actually seen kind of an in use really unless you're at shot show and now it's there and everybody's really seeing like how good it is. And usually I make fun of people. I'm like, Hey, if you need a magnifying glass, cause you're old. But I found out the other day I was working on my 2011 and I had to pull out the magnifying glass. I was like, man, I, I guess I am getting old. And then my wife pointed out, I got this like one gray streak coming down my beard and <laughs> like, man, I am old. I got to use a magnifying glass and a light these days. I can't, I can't be the young kid anymore. Well, and that's the problem I have is like, for me, I have um, progressive lenses. So yeah. for me, like looking at looking at you on the monitor here for this, I'm like looking back and I'm tipping my head back and forth to hit the sweet spot. That, <laughs> that everything is in, in focus. And, um, you know, and I have another pair of glasses that are just for close up because mm -hmm. when you're working on stuff, I'm, I'm finding that I'm getting closer and closer to everything, um, getting my face into my work more. Where yeah. That's where a magnifying glass would be a lot better for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. it, it, it works great. But also I found out and I don't want to really, I, I don't like promoting other people and stuff like that when it's not about them. But there is a company that makes lenses. They use a Trivex lens, which is allows them 50% more light, which means they're, they're like 50% more clear. So for your glasses and stuff like that, it's actually more clear. It works better for you. So when you are working on your your firearms or anything like that. There's a company called Hunter's HD Gold that actually makes lenses for people like us. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, that's, just, that's, that's just for you to use it for your own personal stuff there. There you go. Um, but, and that's the thing about this stuff, you know, you, you've got a light, you know, you've got a light to get you, yourself more light. Yeah. Um, because I mean, let's face it. I mean, like you were talking about working your, on your 2011. Um, I mean, 2011 is not too bad. I mean, it's just got the, the, the frames pretty much open there. But when you start working on like a, I don't know, let's take a Glock. It's black. It's plastic. There's, you can't, you know, if you're working on the mag release, there's yeah. not a lot of light down there. I mean, when I film, you know, the Glock videos, I am messing around with my exposures so much to brighten that mm -hmm. so you can see what's going on. Um, yeah. You just can't turn up. And then, you know, because then I got a camera in there and I got, you know, I'm trying to do this stuff and then I'm trying to show everything. It's just nice that you can get a light in there and, and yeah, get so everything you need. I was actually working on the, messing around with the safety on my 2011 and I was wanting to change out the spring in there because it, it got a little weak. Um, and that, it was when I, you know, I had the whole thing torn apart and it was messing with that spring. 
that I could feel something inside of the of the little housing where the spring goes and then the detent goes. And that's when I was like, man, let me pull out this magnifying glass and this flashlight real fast to see what's going on here. And the cool thing is the flashlight's rechargeable and it that's does cool. remove, I can remove it from the housing. Um, nice. And it's, it's got three different um, positions. So there's one, two, and then three. Oh, that's cool. So you can shine it straight in too, just like a regular flashlight. Exactly. So it's a yeah. And a flashlight. Yep. And then it's got a, a clip on it, so you can put it on your pocket. So, um, if like you know, if, if you're outside working and you can take this off, throw it in there, do whatever you need, until pull it out and have a quick flashlight on you. Um, it is rechargeable, so on the side you can recharge it just like you recharge all your other stuff. Just pull, open that up, charge it. It comes with a charging cord, of course, but um guaranteed nowadays with how much stuff is rechargeable out there if you don't have the cord on you you open up that that freaking you know like me i have a drawer just full of cords i've got a cord yeah. for this <laughs> That's and so then cool. uh it, it magnetically attaches as well so yeah we got a magnet That's... in the bottom here yeah it's, it's great great little system that's so awesome so so i mean right there you have almost like your 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 EDC uh, job aids right yeah. there, right? Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a new thing. I'm going to start seeing if I can hashtag that. EDC I, I tell you what, come and see me at SHOT Show because I have I have more for the smart assist at SHOT Show. Oh, cool. Yeah. They're, cool. They're, like right now on the other side of this camera here, there's a bench full of 2024 products that I've been shooting content on. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's always fun to see what you guys come up with next. Um, yeah. What's also cool about the flashlight is, I mean, you know, we, we're talking about gunsmithing, but when you're cleaning guns, I mean, again, if you have a black gun, you don't see powder residue very well, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you can see some of it because it goes a little gray, but when you're doing yeah. some pretty deep cleaning, you just don't see it. So you, you could use that for cleaning, not just gunsmithing. This is just, hey, we, we need to get this thing clean. I yeah, so, you know, if you look at our Master Gun workstation that came out this year, um, it's actually designed with the Smart Assist on here. And, and what I could do is I can actually move this. It slides, right? Yeah. So, so if I put in my flashlight here um, and bring it up, turn it on, and my gun's sitting in here, then I can actually slide this depending on what I'm working on, right? Um, which have been great because I can be on this, you know, and be on whatever side of the action doing something and then be like, oh, I need to come in and do something else. So if I'm working on an AR, I can spin it around, you know, I can actually pick it up and look in, or I've been, you know, I'll, I've been known to flip it upside down, look into the trigger assembly here and then yep. turn it off and then just drop it back in there because it, it'll hold it as well. So it works great just the fact that I can easily move this around and then, you know, I can... I got all my oil and everything just sitting right here with my brushes and my jag. So when it comes to cleaning, I'm ready to go. The other thing I love about the attachment for the Smart Assist for the, the vice is that you put a magnet. <laughs> we yeah. have a tray and a magnet. Um, yeah. We, how many times do we wish we just had a magnet somewhere? Um, so, I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier about, about you look at the, you know, the form and function. Um, I got a tray with a magnet, so I'm not going to lose a detent. If you're working on an AR, everyone, everyone who's yeah. worked on an AR has at least lost one detent, right? Yeah. So the, on the Master Gun Workstation, there's actually three magnets with the system, right? So there's a magnet in the 
smart assist dock. There's a magnet where the uh, oil holder is. There's a magnet in each one of those holders. So uh, no matter where you're at, there's an easy place to just drop a, drop a small screw, drop a detent, whatever it is, you can drop that in there and not have to worry about losing it. And the one thing I love about, it's funny, I'm looking away at the camera, um, but the one thing I love about this is that it's the same setup on both sides. So yes. that way, no matter which way you have this, that cup is in the same spot. Correct. Yeah, they just mirror each other, right? So, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, when, when we built the Master Gun Workstation, we wanted to make everything quick, easy, and fast, right? So it's all, it's all about one-handed controls, right? Smart Assist was all about quick, plug-and-play, hands-free. And so all of 2023 has been more about how to get the job done easier, quicker, um, but just as thorough as if you had spent two hours on it, right? And that was where everything came about quick one-handed movement. If we, everything mirrors each other on the side, the attachments for, or the you know leg adjustments are easy to get to. You got a quick leveling knob on here. Um, I could hold a gun and actually use my clamp and clamp this down so you know I can easily get in there as I spill stuff. But I could easily get in there and just clamp this down. You know, break this loose, open it up fast, pull it out. You've got the uh, gun gripper technology, which is brand new. Uh, we've got yeah, that on this side right here. So, it, you know, you'll see all the weird cutouts in there, but it's just, uh, it goes back to that same rubber that we were talking about earlier that we, proprietary rubber. The way that material works is we can just drop stuff in here and it just sinks right in, it grips it right away. And then when I go to pull it, you know, it just kind of comes right out. It works out great. And then we did 11... Uh, position adjustments on this and then we've got a nice little um little push button here that allows me to easily move this around depending on i want to work on the sbr i want to work on a, a bolt gun i want to work on a competition shotgun depending on the length this will work great for it and that's so. what i love it, it, right there you've you've gained so much efficiency in your workspace yeah so like when I work on uh, when I work on on this, uh, you know, I have a a table here in front of me, and I can get through three sides of this table. Mm -hmm. I don't always work on the bench, but what I love about this, I can pop this thing in the middle. Like when I was uh, I was uh, mounting a scope, actually, I was mounting a scope on the rifle behind me here. Um, I, I pop the rifle in there, and then I have three sides that I can work around it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what side I'm on it. I, you know, I can do, I have efficiency in, in movement. Yeah. And then uh, I love the gun gripper technology on that because there's another vice that I used to use before this one. Um, it, it had pro it had problems, right? I, I mean, it, you had a clamp, you have these screw clamps. It, ju it just didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas right here, I just got a quick gri a grip to clamp the back of the gun down the front of the gun. And I'll be honest, I was skeptical about this until I actually got a rifle into it. I'm like, I'm going to pick this rifle up, and I know the barrel's just going to come right out of it. it yeah. It, stuck. it, it stayed there. Yeah, <laughs> it, did. it didn't move. I'm like, okay. It did. Um, and then, like you said, you have the, uh, you know, the, the clamps, you know, the, the towers there. That's the one thing that was missing off of this other vice is that it was a friction. And... Mm -hmm. Um, it was a problem. I, I, I did a whole video on how to fix that vice because of this. There's only so much you could do. But now I like the positive lock of this. Yeah. Um, because 
it's not going to drop. I mean, I actually did a podcast here in the studio where I had a rifle that was on that other vice, and you could actually see during the the podcast it dropped. The thing yeah. failed. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's easy to move this stuff. Again, yeah. it goes back to that whole efficiency and and in, in in not even just movement, in just your work area. So I, I don't know if you're like me, but when I work on a, a bolt gun, I, I actually usually when I'm working on a bolt gun, and it's primarily because I've gotten used to shooting video and working on bolt guns where I want people to see the action, right? So yep. the action is on the other side that I have the workstation completely set up differently. So when we first were designing it, it was designed because the engineer was looking at it one way. But when I came in, I was like, hey, I, would, I can't, I won't clean a gun that way because of this. I will clean an AR that way, but I won't clean a bolt gun that way. So yeah. the cool thing that we ended up doing was we made it where these pieces can actually be popped out and removed. And so I can actually just switch my whole setup of my workstation very easily. So I can go from running it left-handed to running it right-handed very, very easily without having to flip the whole thing around. It, it's just there, right? So my bolt gun, this is how I would typically have the workstation where I'm working on a bolt gun. And the AR, I would just flip it around to the other side and move this over here and I'd be working on my AR this way. So uh, like I said, it just came back to quick, easy, one-handed movement, make your entire job very fast and easy, no matter if you're right-handed, left-handed, or if you're just weird like me and you want to work on a gun a certain way. Well, and that's the thing is when you're working on a gun, um, your your gun's not always going to be, you know, depending on what the problem is, right? Yeah, yeah. You, the way that a, a tool is designed does not necessarily mean that's the way you're going to work on it. That's mm -hmm. what was so great about the master gun vices is with that ball, I can rotate it around. I can get, Correct. I can get that thing to work for me. Again, with this thing, um, you know, I when I grew up, my uh, when I grew up, my 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 sister's still left-handed even today. But uh, you know, she was a lefty in a, in a household of right-handed people. Yeah. So she, you know, she always had problems. She had to conform to a right-handed world. Um, whereas this, you know, you you took that out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, for sure. You don't have to conform. The 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 tool will 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 work for you. Right. It doesn't matter yeah. whether you're left-handed or right-handed. Yeah. Now, another thing we did was we did add in the leveling knob and it yes. will work either way, right-handed, left-handed. What I like to talk to people about though is, is really what we were trying to do is not everybody will want or need a vice. Um, at my house, I don't have a workstation at my house. I, I only have a vice because it does 100% of what I need it to do. But yeah. when I come here to Real Avid, I sometimes use a vice but sometimes I'm using the workstation because it's faster and easier for what I need to accomplish here. Um, and it just comes back down to right-handed, left-handed, easiness, what's gonna work the best for you? What do you have room for at your house? You know, the vice, once it's down, it's down. But this, I can have my rifle in it, pick it up and move it. Yep. Put it back behind me and come back over here and talk to you. Now the whole thing is out of my way. Unlike here, I'd be still messing with it to move it out of the way. So. I think it comes down to what price point. This is, uh, you know, a more expensive uh, vice than what our workstation is. Uh, but either way, you're going to have everything you need to do your pretty much your basic stuff from 
cleaning, mounting an optic, modifications, anything like that, both of them will accomplish that very easily. It's funny because I bounce back and forth between the two. Um, I will say, you know, 100% of the time when I pick up a gun to work on it, it doesn't matter whether it's a rifle or pistol. 100% of the time, it's the master vice is what's going through my head, right? Yeah. And then it depends on what I'm, you know, I will get halfway through and go, you know, it would just be easier if I did this off of the workstation. Um, and then I, I, I would switch over to the workstation. Yeah. But it's, uh, I love, you know, I love both of them. Um, and I agree with you with the vice. The one thing is you mount it down. Uh, typically you screw it down. That vice, I can see the holes that are drilled into the top here where I used to have that mounted. Yeah. Um, it took me a little while because you know, I reconfigured it. The studio is small. Um, and I just, you know, I ended up just mounting it on a block of wood. I, I can't, I, I cannot condone this. I, sorry, man. It's just the way it is, man. <laughs> I just, I just mount and then I just C clamp it down to whatever yeah. work surface I'm at. Um, so, so for anybody watching this, I, I don't know if you and I talked about that. And I even told you that we had been doing that. But um, when we first made the vise, the those cutouts that are in there where the bolts go down, they're cut out a very specific way because we made clamps for it. Because the whole deal was like, hey, let's just clamp this down. The problem I ran into was the vise can handle up to 100 foot pounds of torque, right? And yep. It's fine as long as I'm pushing into the bench, right? If I'm torquing into yeah. the bench, it's fine. As soon as I pull away, those clamps wanted to like let the vice and everything come towards us. So we're like, all right, scrap the clamps. Actually, I, I still I have the clamps in here somewhere because every now and then I'll be like, I'll shoot a quick video and I just clamp it down, but we don't show the clamp. Um, but what we started finding out is like when we go do these sales presentations. Um, or even like when we, we met at Poma. So the first time I had it on Poma, I clamped it to a table, the vice of the table, and it was just really hard to show it to people. Um, so yeah. we started taking like a, a, a two by eight or whatever, and we were drilling holes into it, countersinking it, and then we would clamp it on the sides because if you clamp it on the sides, you could actually apply a lot more torque and move it. But I still ran into when I want to when I want to pull towards me, I'm still a little cautious because of my earlier days experience with the bias of it wanting to fall off. And if you think about it, I mean, even then, I mean, you see mine is, I've got, I've got a, a lot of wood here. Yeah. Yep. Between here because, but I, I see exactly what you're talking about because this vice is leaning towards the front. So mm -hmm. if I'm pushing, I'm pushing against the most amount of wood here. Yep. Exactly. But when I'm pulling, I also have the most amount of wood pulling back against me, which is yeah. why, I try to clamp as far back here as I can. Yeah. And, and that's why I was telling you, I, I don't condone this, but I, to be honest with you, I have a lot of people that call in and they're like, Hey, I don't have room to clamp the vice down, but I need the vice. My, my option is to do that. Right. Like is, Hey, grab, get a piece of wood, a little wider, a little longer, countersink it, put some smaller bolts in there. Get some really, you know, spend some money on some really good C clamps yeah. and clamp it down. It will do everything you need it to do and allow you to be mobile with it. Yeah. And I've pulled, um, so, you know, it, it's funny because I've tested that. I've told you about me. I, I don't even know how much weight I was pulling on. I was just pulling it just to see if I could break the damn thing. And it didn't. 
Um, but even then, yeah, I clamp. I had some. You got to get some serious clamps. Um, you do. Yeah, for sure. That's what. Yeah, that's I was telling you. That's what I was telling you. Put some money into those clamps if you're going to do it. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you got three hundred dollars into a vice. Go ahead and spend some money on those clamps to get it taken care of. I know what the number it takes to break the vice, and I was breaking the bench before it was breaking the vice. Yeah. Um, so I, I do know that number. I don't throw that number out there, but it is well, a no, lot, and it is because, more because that becomes the standard of oh, well, it can take this. No, this is yeah, it, there, it there's, is. There's a difference between working working loads and maximum. Loads. Yeah, it, it's it's more than you'll ever need on a firearm. Right, your everyday firearm, you will never need the amount of torque and force that you have to apply to it in order for that to break the bench or to break the vice. Yeah, I was, because I mean, when I was testing that, God, I was like 250 pounds. I had a wrench on that thing and I was yanking. And I was yeah. like, just about hanging off of yeah. the vice. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, yeah, this is not, I'm, I'm gonna stop because I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break yeah, my pen. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do so because we're talking about. It, I do want to address this. Uh, we have had some vices where um, people were applying a lot of torque and, and stuff. Where the rods and the all thread that are in here, so the two guide rods and the all thread are in here, were bending. Um, and then you would feel when you're running the vice and kind of hit a spot where it would get really hard. So if you're watching this and you've had that issue with the vice, just send us an email at realavid. That's info at realavid.com. We can put the link below too. I will just replace your rods and your all thread for you. We upgraded the steel and we, we did some engineering and mess around with it. So the rods that are in there now that we're using allow for a little bit of flex and then they pop back to place. The other ones would not flex. They would just, once they flex, they would stay in that position. These will are stronger, but they allow that flex and they kind of spring back into place. So if you've had that issue where you feel your vice, you, you can't run it like I'm running this one. It it runs and it kind of hangs up a little where. That's exactly shoot, what mine does. Yeah, shoot, exactly yeah, just shoot me an email. Um, we will send rods back to you uh, without a problem. Now, we'll tell you this. Um, I do require that you give me a code because I we're, we have a build date on all of them and we have been like keeping extremely, uh, like very, very thorough customer service complaints on all of our products for the past year and a half now since I really came into, so I also do customer service. So uh, I wanted like very documented stuff. So on the bottom of the vice, there is a date on there. There's a little white sticker. It's got a code on there. Just when you email in, put that code on there so I can document it. Then I'll send you brand new rods, an all thread rod in the rod. It's very easy to replace. There's two uh, set screws that are on the front. You unscrew those set screws, uh, the rods will slide right out. They won't slide out easily if they're bent, but you can get them out. And then the all thread is on there by a C-clamp, pop that off, spin it out, and then a whole new rod. It'd be a whole new rod and handle, like the little spin handle. All of that comes together. It's It'll take you less than five minutes to replace those rods. So uh, I'll get you taken care of, yeah. Cool. Now, we talked about cleaning. One of the things I wanted to bring up was your rods, your, your actual cleaning rods. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing about cleaning rods is it's so funny because I'm so used to just all metal cleaning rods that, you know, they kind of spin, but not really. Yeah. And then once you get into a, like an actual, like real cleaning rod, like this thing's on ball bearings. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we're used to the regular T handle, which I, I hate. 
Um, that's what I love about this. We're gun people. We're used to grabbing things, right? Yeah. Like smack the uh, ceiling fan there. Um, so, talk a little bit about this because this is this is a very unique type of cleaning rod, and then it's also carbon fiber on top of it. Yeah. So that's our that's our speed rod. Um, what we want to do is get away from the traditional like screwdriver. So like you got the traditional clean rod, it's like a screwdriver, right? You're, but when you're pushing, it's just an awkward pushing. So yeah. we wanted to come out with something that we could grip. Either you wanted to hold it like a pistol grip or flip it upside down. So when you're pushing, the force is being applied with the elbow, right? So yeah, right, it's a nice- right, yeah, It's an extension of your arm at that point. Exactly. So it's a nice push. Um, we went with a full carbon fiber rod. We nickel plated the phosphorus bronze tip on there because phosphorus bronze, all the bore solvents out there will start to dissolve that and it leaves a false residue in your barrel, right? So that's when like you push your patch through and you're like, oh my God, I got so much out of it. A lot of the times you didn't get a whole lot of out of it. You were just pushing the false bluing out of it, right? The false positive bluing. So we went nickel plated there. We've got uh, the, the eight ball bearings that are inside of the cleaning rod. So it's gonna spin nice and easy with the grooves, nice, comfortable, ergonomic grip and push right through it. We've got uh, four different ones. So we've got two different lengths for a uh, believe now they, don't quote me on this right now because I've been working on a lot of other stuff so my my memory is a little off on this but we've got them um, for a 22 up to I believe a 260 and then there we've got them in two different links there and then we've got the big guy which is uh, we say 270 and up which technically you know it, it'll, it'll work on all those stuff yeah you, you get what I'm saying like the 22 technically works all the way up to a 12 gauge but we yeah. say move up to the 270 and up because it's thicker. It's not going to have as much flex. It's going to give you a nice thorough push through it. But yeah. So and it's so funny because I never, I never really. I mean, cleaning is cleaning is just something that you have to live with. You got a gun, you shoot it, you need to clean it. Well, mm -hmm. and if you're like me, you get lazy because um, I, you know, I'm doing a lot of testing of products and filming stuff. Yeah. Um, and so when I get finally get to clean it, it's like really dirty. Um, yeah. like, like that, uh, that 308 back there, that AR, um, I did so much testing this year that I got to the point where the gun was, it wasn't cycling correctly. And I had to clean it at the range yeah, to but... continue testing. Um, but so... when you start working with like good products, like I never really appre truly appreciated a cleaning rod until I started dealing with like, um, cause I have the pistol one. Mm -hmm. uh, when I started working with the pistol one, I was like, this is awesome. I need, I, I need the rifle ones too. Yeah. Um, until you start working with a good rod, you never realize how important it is. I, yeah, you're a, right. The funny thing is, rod. is like you, you and I are kind of the same. And I'm, I'm usually the worst spokesperson when it comes to cleaning for real avid because I believe in, I'm going to run my guns hard until they fail. But I keep a round count on all of my firearms, from my pistols to everything up, right? I mean, like everything I shoot, I keep a round count on. Um, and a lot of that is because I'm shooting competition. So I need to know like how hard can I run a gun in a match before I might have issues. Um, so I don't clean my stuff like everybody should, but when I clean it, it's a very thorough clean. But I will like, you know, anytime I go to the range, I'm gonna put some CLP on there, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, keep it wet i like to run a lot of my stuff wet but that cleaning rod in as well as the the small pistol cleaning rod the small pistol you know smart rod they have made cleaning so much easier and then when you go into you know looking at our bore max speed clean system which is 
you know, our longer jags and our longer brushes, um, which, you know, our brushes are a double density brush. They're nickel plated as well. So that way we're not gonna leave any of the false bluing. Uh, and the other thing is nickel plating is so much softer than the actual steel of the barrel. So we're not actually damaging the barrel. A lot of people see them like, oh my gosh, that's steel or it's metal, it's gonna yeah. mess up, it won't. But we did double density. They are very, they are caliber specific. So a lot of times you grab one and it's not caliber specific, though they may put 22 on there. They're a little looser because they wanted to use on, on like maybe even your 17 cal. Whatever our caliber, like this was a 45, that's all you can use it on. It will not. We, we actually test ours by how much force is applied to get it through the barrel. That's how we test. We don't measure them. It goes more about how much force is applied to get it through the barrel because we're looking for a very specific snug fit with the double density brushes to make sure that we actually get into the lens and the grooves with our Bormac speed brushes. It's funny, I was having a whole conversation with a, a friend of mine earlier this morning. We were talking about cleaning. Um, and yeah, you know, that one of the problem is is getting that fit, right? Because yeah. we're, we're, we're bitching about copper fouling, right? Copper yeah. fouling, it sucks. Uh, cleaning a gun, especially like you said, as hard as we run ours, when you clean them, you, you know, you, you got a lot of stuff. And that's where I love, uh, you know, when I was, when I was younger and, and dumber about cleaning guns, you know, I'm looking, I, I would have a, you know, I'd have a Jag and then I have a patch. Like I still have them there. It's a denim patch. So it's thicker yeah. because I needed to fill the bore. Right. And which is what I love about that. The Jags. Yeah. Um, so the Jags, I got them right here. I don't know if I got cleaning patches on me, but yeah, this is our. Right yeah. 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 I got, yeah, I got some right here. So um, what we did on our brush, we wanted to do the same thing with our Jags. So we, what we did, we were like, we looked at everybody's Jags. Um, and this was great. Like the whole way this came down is that uh, when I was at JP, we started sponsoring and working with a guy who does free law enforcement training across the country. And he actually travels around with 21 JP ar 15 Vortex supplies him with all the optics and then uh, HK supplies him with all the pistols. And he goes around and he does tree or free law enforcement training. Well, he was shooting these guns like crazy. And I've been affiliated with Real Avid since like 2014. So they called me one day and they're like, hey, we need a lot of guns to clean. Do you guys at JP have those? I was like, we do not because we don't, you know, we're building brand new rifles and send them out. But I got a guy. So I got him in touch with Archway Defense. And he brought his guns in after he just got off the road from a three-week law enforcement training. And Real Avid cleaned all of these firearms, testing all the different JAGs and everything. And the true thing was they were trying to test the chemicals that we were coming out with. But that led to testing JAGs and patches and realizing that nothing out there was truly cleaning them. And that's where the whole Bormac speed, uh, speed clean system came from was how do we get these done? How do we get these clean a lot faster? So we came out with a jag it's longer it's going to have more contact surface it has a specific patch for it so no more square patches because when you put the square patches in there they actually bunch up and leave a lot of gaps these patches actually stab onto the jag and then because they are a nice rectangle when they go into the barrel they actually wrap themselves around the jag and give you full contact 
surface all the way down the jag, all the way through the barrel. So it's like running four patches through your barrel on one patch um, is, is, is really how this works. And it gives you a very, very thorough clean. Um, I mean, you're gonna clean your gun really four times faster than if you were to use your traditional uh, jag and patches. Yeah, you see, and that's why I love it. Because when I first got these, I'm like, I don't know, right? And then after I started working through them, I'm like, I don't know how the hell I cleaned the gun before. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you Remember know, that thing own... I was talking to you about, that square box we live in? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Totally, that, that... I was totally in it. Yeah, I was totally in <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, um, so was I. I still live there a lot. Because I, because I'm looking at this going, okay, it's weird, it's different, and then... It's so weird. I was I was taking dirty, you know. Of course, I'm taking dirty guns. Yeah. Um, that I haven't cleaned in a while, and I was amazed at how fast I was cleaning guns when you have the right equipment. Yeah, and it, it, it's it, a lot of people are are confused by it. Um, the one, and it's not a downfall, but the one thing I would say about this is you cannot run any other patches because they are caliber specific. We when we did everything, all the patches were des, were were cut and measured to be the same thickness and length. So then that means we had to build all of the jags to be a certain thickness depending on that caliber, right? Yeah. So if, you know, you know, let's just throw run Well, we could get into very specific on how we want to go with what an actual caliber, the size of your bullet is, right? Is it truly a 5.56 five, or is it a yeah. little bigger? But anyway, so let's just say like we were like, hey, there's a one millimeter difference here that we've got to make sure all of these jags are at before we nickel plate them and put them in there. And, and by, by doing that, if you run any other patch with these, it will get stuck. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but you know, when you buy our kits, you get like 500 patches with, you know, a kit, um, depending on which kit. Like I think one kit comes with 250 patches, another one comes with 500, uh, but it, it, they're all very, very thorough specific, or very caliber specific, but phenomenal for cleaning your firearms. Yeah, because I mean, it's so weird. I mean, here, here's my two, two, three, right? I mean, the amount of surface area on a patch. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of surface area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if you feel it, it's got a little bit of a a little bit of a coarseness to it to make sure yeah. it does like a true a true scrubbing as it goes through that barrel. I mean, it really hits the lands and grooves. And if you're running our speed rod, when you're pushing it through it, you can see that speed rod easily is just. It's turning yeah. because it, it it has to. It's it's literally dug into those those lands and grooves, and it's going through that entire rifling and making sure it hits every surface area of your barrel. Now, uh, the last product I want to talk about is, is some, another brand new product that you guys are coming out with, um, right here. Our spaceship. This thing, your bore guide, is so cool. Um, because this is one of the things of, uh, I've, I've, I've had to fix another bore guide that I, I, I used to use with a 3d printer. <laughs> I mean, I had to do it, yeah. um, because they didn't think it, they didn't think the product through all the way, but I love this thing because now it's, it's spring loaded. Mm -hmm. Um, you got your tips, which I'm always looking for the tips of the other bore guide. The tips are right here. Yeah. And then you've got two, um, Two locking keys, depending on whether you have a bolt gun or an AR. Yeah, yeah. So um, back to what's wrong with the board guide. Well, they're using 
uh, aluminum and brass little inserts to screw in there to kind of lock it in place. But if you got a long action and short action, you can't make sure you always get a thorough fit and seal in there. Um, if you're working, you know, most of them will not work on an AR. Um, and then of course, there's always that like false promise of like, it works on a 22 caliber. And if you're truly understanding how 22 calibers work, they've got an external ejector that's built in. So no bore guide will actually fit in there. So we were like, hey, quit worrying about 22s. Unfortunately, they're gonna have to figure out a different way to clean them. But let's get this where we work on all bolt guns was the first thing, all bolt guns, short action, long action. Um, so that's what we started working on and came across the SIG Cross which was it's still pretty popular a lot of people like it but their action is not open on the top it is it's more like an ar action where it's pretty closed off it, it, it covers all the way up and it's just got a little ejection port and the first key that we made would not fit in the sig cross and we're like are you kidding me we got to change this up and we we're like ah oh, well let's cut a slit in here let's see if that works so we cut the we cut the slit in there and then all of a sudden it starts working for a sig cross well i'm like well, will that work on an AR now? So I went and got one of my AR-15s, came in, threw it in there, and it was very close to me working on AR-15. So we modified this key a little bit more, and now it works on AR-15s, AR-10s, short action and long, long action bolt guns in this really kind of that go-to um, bore guide that everybody wants. Now, the cool thing about it, or the interesting thing about bore guides is, my engineer guys and even management, when they think of a bore guide, they think of, I want a bore guide so none of the chemicals run back down into my trigger assembly or right run out and down, you know, my magwell. I'm from building at JP, like I want a bore guide to make sure that my, my anybody's, brought, you know, like it doesn't matter what, what cleaning rod they're running or anything like that. I don't want it slopping around and hitting, you know, hitting my lands and grooves. I don't, I want to, I want my bore in my chamber, I want it protected. So we had to have a long debate about that. And what we came up with was how do we accomplish everybody's needs? Okay, well, if we make it spring-loaded with the locking keys that kind of lock into these grooves here, that will keep a nice amount of pressure, you know, that locks in there. So it keeps a nice amount of pressure up against the receiver and or the action. We don't have to worry about more anything. Well, then, how do we make sure that we cover not only making sure chemicals don't come back in, but how do we make sure that we cover people that are like myself and they were really in there to protect their chamber? So we contoured our tips. And so our tips are all contoured, which allows them based on the caliber to sink in deeper than if we were to go straight, right? If they went straight, they'd all kind of stop at the same place. By contouring them, if you get, you know, that allows them to sink in deeper based on the chamber that you're running to give you more protection. Um, and we did that on all four of them, all the way up to, you know, like a, a well, we say caliber is like a 475, but um, that is what we did on all three contoured tips here. Um, there's a small, medium, large, they all work on the different ones. And there's a QR code that actually comes on. It's not on this one because I actually took it off for uh, packaging reasons or. Uh, photography reasons, but there's a QR code on here. You can scan it and it'll tell you exactly what caliber is designed or what tip is designed for your caliber to make sure you get the most amount of protection when using our bore guide. There's the QR code right there on the carrier. Yes, yes. Yep. So, I mean, that's the cool thing because it's, 
I looked at it and I, I got so frustrated with board guides that, like I said, I had to fix one with a 3D printer because they went, hey, well, this will work on a bolt gun. This will work on an AR. I'm like, it's not going to work on that AR because yeah. that's a 308 AR. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you guys completely forgot that there's this whole other rifle that's, you know, in, in the AR platform. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about this is that it's like, it, do, it doesn't matter. Um, this thing's just going to adapt. This thing's going to adapt to me. I'm not going to have to adapt to it. Yeah. And that is, when I saw this thing, I was like, this is cool. And of course it has the solvent port in it. So that right. way, you know, and, and that's, that's why I liked, I mean, I like four guys because of the solvent port, because, you know, I don't like my patch dripping all over the place. And then one of the things is, is with your patches being long, you know, getting this into the gun, then, you know, half of it's kind of dripping down, which yeah. I love that, you know, now I got a solvent port that's designed for the longer patch. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else just has like this real small port. Yeah, we're really, we're really happy with this, how it turned out. I mean, does it solve everything? No, uh, but, you know, close. It, it is close. And when you look at just, you know, the firearms are like cars. They're, they're all different. And so what we try to do is we swing for the fences to get them all. And we just hope that we just, if we can get a, you know, a, 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 a you know, where it bounces over the fence and we get a, a whatever that's called. I can't even think of baseball stuff right now. But anyways, you know what I'm talking about. Think of an in, in, oh, in, uh, infield home run. Yeah, thank you. Something like whatever they call that. I, I'm yeah. so tired from getting ready for shots and I can't think of all my terms I'd like to use. But the point is, is that we try to cover as much, much as we can with the understanding that trying to do that may never happen. So let's cover as much as possible. And the board guide is, is one of those things where we tried to cover as many firearms as possible. And the fact is that we can hit ARs, AR-15s and AR-10s, as well as long action and short action. We covered a majority of the field. Yeah, see, that's awesome. I absolutely yeah. love I love that. And, and I really do love, you know, I, I know this is, I, I've said this multiple times. I really do love the the thought that you guys go into this because then I don't have to think of, you know, I don't have to think about things. A lot yeah. of times I don't even have to look at your instructions. I can just look at it and go, all right, I got this thing. I got this one figured out. I see, <laughs> see where you went with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we've been rolling what, a little over an hour and 10 minutes now of recording. Um, when we start wrapping up, you know, for everybody again, if you've been been with us this far, it's great, it's awesome. Thank you so much for for like you know hanging out with us because that's what I love about about Dustin is it's really kind of just like hanging out and just talking guns and geeking out about guns. We have all the links down below, so you know if you're driving, you're listening to this on the on the uh, on you know on your MP3 player, if you, if you're that old that you have an MP3 player. Um, if you're watching you this, listen to this off your earbuds, um, don't worry about trying to write this stuff down. Just come back to the podcast, go down to the description. We'll have all the links down below. Um, Dustin, I want, want to wrap up with you on a speed round. It's going to be four this or that questions and then one thinking question. So it's not quite, the last one's not quite a fast question. Wow. You know, I, usually people prep me on these things. You didn't even prep me at all. Oh, no, I totally just jumped you on this one. You're not wow. used to this one. Wow. Uh, All right, let's go. All right. For hearing protection, muffs or plugs? Okay. 
for me, I'm going to go with, with, with plugs, but my daughters, my wife, a lot of people I take to the range, I'm going to give them muffs. More protection. In theory, there's way more protection with the muffs. There is. There, there is. And it's funny because um, there, there are people, like my sister, when we were kids, she wore both. Um, she wore if both I'm indoor, I, indoors, I definitely recommend going with both. Uh, for myself, though, um, because of well, my shooting style. The rifle, the rifle it's, hard to, it's hard to wear muffs with It is, rifle. yeah. It 100%. Is. Yeah. So, uh, let's see here. 308 or 65 Creedmoor? Six Creedmoor. Do six Creedmoor. I like the ballistics of the six Creedmoor. I can push, I can push a hundred and three grain round, like thirty-two hundred feet per second. Um, there's plenty of stuff out there for it. It's very similar to a two forty-three, so I know it has what everything I need. I can also run it down to like a seventy grain and then run it up to a hundred and eight grain. So I'm gonna go six Creedmoor. Then I would probably say three oh eight, and then I'd go to that. That six five. I'm not a big fan of six five, not because it doesn't perform. It just doesn't doesn't cover what I need it to do. Well, and that's and that's kind of the thing about that, right? Is is caliber decision? It really depends on what you're going to use it for. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I I run the three hundred eight just because for me, I, I call myself a practical shoot. Uh, uh, well, practical practical gun guy. You know, a practical mm -hmm. shooter because I know that there's a billion rounds of 308 floating around i can usually find it yeah but now that i'm starting to get the you know the bolt gun together um it's like all right it's a short action do i really want to build this thing 308 or do i want to start exploring other things so that's yeah. starting to that's starting to, that's starting to get to me so so here's the deal i i've got a 308 love it my wife for long range shooting she runs a 6.5 creedmoor because it's more user friendly right. and you can pick up ammo almost anywhere for me, I can pick up a lot of factory ammo on a six creed more, but I want something that I can really push the limits on, and I can go down to a really low caliber bullet, or I can go up to a, a you know 108. I think there's a 110 out there too, but um, you know, so it, it really depends on how much time do you have and how how much do you want to geek out on yeah. your your firearm. So um, my wife, for my wife, she's not doesn't want to geek out. She just wants to grab it. She wants to go have a good time, shoot a long range match. And perform at a decent level for me i want to try to win every match so i go six grade more for myself if you're getting into it there's nothing wrong with a six five awesome for pistols single action or striker fired single action you see i i kind of knew that was going through just because i know of your, i know what your pistol is um yeah. so uh, I, I i do carry a lone wolf during the summertime because it's you know, I'm wearing less clothing, of course, because it's summertime. So I do carry a Lone Wolf, which is, uh, you know, pretty much in essence a, a Glock 19 uh, with a red dot. But if, it, you know, if I could choose, I'm going to run my Atlas Gunworks NYX 2011 all day long. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm kind of jealous of that gun. I, I, I like, I really like that gun. Yeah, um, it's my baby. It's your baby? <laughs> it's my baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, I had I had your fourth question and went right out the window right out the window as soon as you said lone wolf it just uh, the reason why it went out the out the window is because well lone wolf's going to be on next week. No. <laughs> who you, who are you talking so, to? With, uh, who are you working with at lone wolf? Ari. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Ari's going to be on. Yeah. Nice. Um, 
just got just got the confirmation yesterday. It was running a little late on the confirmation, but yeah, Ari's going to be on next week. Um, nice. Ar, Ari's going to be. Uh, I, I'm going to geek. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, I'm probably going to geek out with Ari a little bit just because he's worked for some companies that, as a dealer, they were, you know, they were my yeah. thing. Even I was even a lone wolf dealer back in the day too. So yeah, yeah. I. I, I I'll tell you, uh, their, their new Dusk line is fantastic. I don't have the Dusk. I have the, the one right before that. It's like an LT, LT19, something like that. I have over 20,000 rounds, so it has my everyday carry. It is. I love it. It's cool. So it, it is nice. I'm, I'm going to still choose my Atlas Gunworks over it all day long. Oh, no, I, I get it. I, I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, yeah. You know, I just did – I don't have it out right now. Um, like, I just did a, um, a – a video I, I got one of their um so i carry a 365 and yeah. the 365 xl for my everyday carry at least that's what i'm carrying now um and i got one of their um dawn 365 slides so now mm -hmm. i can run a red dot on my on my 365 and yeah i kind of got about that and yeah it's but but still um there's other guns that i would rather i, I would rather choose but that's just the that's yeah. just the practicality of what I need. Um, let's see here. So I got to come up with another question since I completely spaced it. Man, see, um, you should have wrote this stuff down. Why? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I should have. But you know, <laughs> I, I had a hard time just trying to switch from you to full screen earlier. So um, <laughs> it's it's the uh, it's the um, the insomniac in me is starting to catch up. I'm with How you. How about this? Would you rather reload ammo or clean a gun? I guess I'm going to go with reload of ammo. At least I know yeah. I'm going to get something out of it. Right. <laughs> I'm the same way too. I'd rather reload ammo than clean a gun. Yeah. And then yeah. for your thinking question, I'm going to take you to the world's largest armory. And inside this armory is going to have one of anything that has ever thrown a projectile. Anything from like Dennis the Menace's slingshot all the way to like the deck gun off the of Missouri. And it's been cleared by every possible government agency. You can walk out with one of anything inside this armory. What are you going to do? That's easy. Suppress gun P7. Okay. Nice. There's no thinking, there's no thinking about this. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some people think about it. I, I've had, uh, believe it or not, twice. Someone chose the Gal 8, which is the Gatling gun on the front of the yeah. 810 Warthog. Yeah. Uh, one guy chose that because he's a pilot and figures that, well, 100 practical for he him. He gets an airplane out of it too. Yeah. That's practical for him. Yeah, exactly. That's not practical for me. I got, I got asked one time, they, someone got a little greedy and they go, well, what about ammo? I go, I'm giving you the gun. Your ammo's on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I thought about that, right? Because, you know, a lot, I've, had, I've, had, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. They're like, 50 count. I'm like, I own a 50 count. I own bolt guns. I own gas guns. But really, when you really look at MP7s, there's very few that are owned by civilians. Yep. Then you look at a suppressed MP7. I mean, that number is dwindling. It is a phenomenal platform. It is still in use today. And it is still something practical that I could carry as an everyday carry with a backpack. So suppress the MP7 all day long. I know I'm good to go for whatever I need. Awesome. Well, Dustin, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, man. I know you're a busy guy. 
Really appreciate you going over the products with us today. And uh, like I said, everybody, the links are down below. Make sure you check out the description. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I love being on your show. And uh, I'll see you at Shasha. Sounds good. Dustin is a super cool guy to talk to. He's got a lot of knowledge locked up in his head. I've learned things about ARs just talking to him that, well, I had no idea like really how to do a concept and why you would do it. He's shared that knowledge and um, it's super cool, man. He's got some awesome techniques on building ARs. Now definitely go check out Real Avid. I have a link down below. They've got great tools. I really love their tools. Um, as you see behind me here, right there, a lot of those tools are real avid. Um, they've been slowly cycling through, replacing like all my really old crappy Harbor Freight tools. Been upgrading the real avid tools. I really like them. I like the whole form and function of what they do in their designs. It just really makes you know my job a lot easier. Now for the product of the podcast, it's a little weird, a little different. I think you're going to like it. And I know you're going to be scratching your head for a second going, why is this on the gun channel? It's this battery charger from EBL. Man, I've got batteries everywhere. Right? we got batteries for the remotes, got batteries for the Xbox controllers. Um, you know, my real Avid flashlight, or not flashlight, screwdriver has a flashlight into it. I got batteries in there. It's amazing that we got so many batteries in our life. And um, I really love this thing. My old battery charger died and um, I got this one. And I really like about this one is each port is individual. So if you only have one battery, you can charge just one battery. You don't have to charge them in pairs. What I really like about this one is that in the display here, I put a couple batteries in and it showed error. This thing tells you when you have a bad battery, the old one just kind of blinked and like, oh yeah, I'm charging, I'm charging it and I never charged it. This thing will actually tell you, hey, look, you got a bad battery. Go check it out. I have a link down below. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click that video right there. That video is about how to assemble the Beretta 92 frame. There's about a billion parts in a Beretta and that thing will walk you through it. Everybody else, there's a link down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. Look forward to talking to you again soon.